Hare Krishna. So welcome to our continuance of Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Chapter 27, which is called The Process of Deity Worship, Lord Krishna's Instructions in the Process of Deity Worship. We began this chapter and backtracked a little bit, uh, so we're still finishing up our backtracking because... Um, there, uh, in the, uh, the, uh, the current deity worship manual called Pancharatra Kapadipika, uh, there's actually in the supplement to volume one, volume two's never been published, there is actually a more specific uh, explanation of these verses than for those people who are technically getting involved in deity worship. And I found them very useful. So, um, uh, backtrack a little bit because I couldn't find this book at first. So now we have it. So we're on text five, uh, backtracking. The one through five is Uddhava's uh, questions uh, about this deity worship. Uh, I'll just read his questions again. Sri Uddhava said, My dear Lord, O Master of the devotees, please explain to me the prescribed method of worshipping you in your deity form. What are the qualifications of those devotees who worship the deity? On what basis is such worship established? And what is the specific method of worship? All the great sages repeatedly declare that such worship brings the greatest benefit possible in human life. This is the opinion of Narada Muni, the great Vyasadeva, and my own spiritual master, Vyasadeva. O most magnanimous Lord, the instructions on this process of deity worship first emanated from your lotus mouth. Then they were spoken by the great Lord Brahma to his sons, headed by Bridu, and by Lord Shiva to his wife Parvati. This process is accepted by and appropriate for all the occupational and spiritual orders of society. Therefore, I consider worship of you in your deity form to be the most beneficial of all spiritual practices, even for women and shudras. And then today, then we're going to talk about this one. O Lotus-Eyed One, O Supreme Lord uh, of all lords of the universe, please explain to your devoted servant this means of liberation from the bondage of work. He called it in the 10th century, karma bandha vimochanam. That means of liberation uh, from karma bandha, the bondage of work. Uh, it's actually activity in one sense. Uh, you're doing things, so it's karma, but it's karma that liberates you from, from karma. Uh, from from uh, this uh, supplement to the Pancharachaka Padipika uh, on this text, uh, uh, and they have pulled out some quotations on this matter from Srila Prabhupada, which I wanted to uh, to read. Uh, from Bhagavatam 3.25.36, Prabhupada wrote, Upon seeing the charming form of the Lord, smiling and attractive, and hearing his very pleasing words, the pure devotee almost loses all other consciousness. 
His senses are freed from all other engagements and he becomes absorbed in devotional service. Thus, in spite of his unwillingness, he attains liberation without separate endeavor. Even though he's unwilling. Well, the deity is especially good for this because it, when you do deity worship, all of your senses are very fully engaged. Then, in the, uh, a little later on, uh, well, that's the, excuse me, that's the translation of the verse. And then in the purport of this verse, uh, Prabhupada writes, uh, having explained there's uh, three classes of devotees, first, second, and third class, he says, even the third class devotees are liberated souls. It is explained in this verse that although they do not have knowledge, simply by seeing the beautifully de- beautiful decoration of the deity in the temple, the devotee is absorbed in thought of him and loses all other consciousness simply by fixing oneself in Krishna consciousness, engaging the senses in the service of the Lord, one is imperceptibly liberated. Even the third class devotee, who is not advanced in knowledge of the absolute truth, but simply offers obeisances with great devotion, thinks of the Lord, sees the Lord in the temple, and brings forth, and brings forth flowers and fruits to offer the deity, becomes imperceptibly liberated. And he quotes a word from the text, Shradayan Vitaha. With great devotion, the devotee offers worshipful respects and paraphernalia to the deity. The deities of Radha and Krishna, Lakshmi and Narayan and Ram and Sita are very attractive to devotees, so much so that when they see the statue decorated in the temple of the Lord, they become fully absorbed in thought of the Lord. That is the state of liberation. In other words, it is confirmed herewith that even a third-class devotee is in the transcendental position above those who are trying for liberation by speculation or by uh, other methods. Even great impersonalists like Shukadeva Goswami and the four Kumaras were attracted by the beauty of the deities in the temple, by the decorations, and by the aroma of Tulsi offered to the Lord, and they became devotees. Even though they were in the liberated state, instead of remaining impersonalists, they were attracted by the beauty of the Lord and became devotees. And then there's another excerpt. There's a purport, Bhagavatam 8.4.6. Prabhupada says, Archana Paditi, daily worship of the deity. Archana Paditi was the name of the previous deity worship manual, by the way. Archana Paditi, daily worship of the deity, provides an opportunity to touch the body of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and thus it enables one to be fortunate enough to get a spiritual body and go back to Godhead. Not only by touching the body of the Supreme Lord, but simply by hearing about his pastimes, chanting his glories, touching his feet and offering worship. In other words, by serving the Lord somehow or other, one is purified of material contamination. This is the result of touching the Supreme Lord. And part of the process of deity worship uh, involves bathing the Lord, massaging oils, and 
uh, on them and, and so on. So definitely the sense of, of touch is engaged. I just wanted to read those those uh, parts here. Now we'll go on uh, to text number six, where we begin with the reply of uh, of the Lord. I'll read the text again. Uh, let me say, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So six goes. Sri Bhagavan Uvacha, Nehyanto Nantara Parasya Karmakandasya Chantava, Samshittam Varnayashyami Yatavat Anupurvashaha, the Supreme Personality of Godhead said, My dear Uddhava, there's no end to the innumerable Vedic prescriptions for executing deity worship, so I shall explain this topic to you briefly one step at a time. I'm glad he acknowledges that there's no end to the innumerable Vedic prescriptions because if sometimes you look at it, you go, <laughs> because there's really a lot uh, uh, given to, to this. Um, this translation uh, follows Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's commentary uh, who said there's no end to the details of karma kanda meaning deity worship. Uh, that's what's in here. You notice in the text it says karma-kandasya. Uh, so uh, it doesn't mean the karma-kanda section of the Vedas meaning fruitive work, but it is involving activity. I mean, the word karma just comes from the verbal root kri, which means to act or to do. So it, it very much involves engaging the senses. Uh, so he so uh, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says there's no end to the details of karma kanda, meaning deity worship, because there can be no end to that which is unlimited in terms of scripture and performance. So you might as well get used to it. <laughs> uh, uh, and so here uh, it, in the in the, in, in the uh, Pancharaja Pradipika, uh, um, uh, their explanation goes like this. Srila Rupa Goswami distinguishes between principles and details in executing devotional service. In the above verse, innumerable Vedic prescriptions refers to the various details in the process of deity worship. In this chapter of Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam, Lord Krishna emphasizes the principles of worship. Authorized procedures embodying these, those principles may vary widely. And there's all, as you'll see in this verse, I mention all the different kinds of detail, deities that there are. And for all of them, there are all different principles and, and so on. And then you go to different temples, you'll find out anyway. But there's a lot. So anyway, the, the explanation continues. A good grasp of the principles enables one to apply details appropriately in various situations. We may note here that Srila Jiva Goswami discusses the philosophy of deity worship extensively in his Bhakti Sandarbha, soon to be published by the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust. We are still waiting. 
even though this book was published in 1994. So just now coming, as they say in India. I'm sorry about that, but uh, you can write to the BBT. Uh, see what the holdup is here. Um, anyway, so now uh, 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 Krishna uh, says uh, in text 7, now he's starting to explain things. Vaidika Santriko Mishra Ittime Trijido Makaha Rayanam Ipsite Naiva Hinamam Samacharet One should carefully worship me by selecting one of the three methods by which I receive sacrifice Vedic, Tantric, or mixed. Hmm? Uh, so uh, it begins with that list. Vaidika, meaning Vedic, that is to say what you find in the original Vedas. Now we use the word Vedic in our movement very, very broadly. Uh, so, but the word Veda means the original four Vedas. Those are Rig Veda, Sama Veda, Yayur Veda, and the Tarva Veda. And they each have four sections. Uh, the Samhitas, which are the usually translated as hymns, mantras that are, are chanted. Uh, the, uh, what's the second part called? Uh, uh, I forgot. <laughs> I should have written it down because it ran out of my head. Uh, the the salitas, uh, the camp, and then the, the the instructions for applying them and using these. Then the brahmana section, the third section is the brahmana section, which are um, instructions for. I mean, they give all the rituals for life in the Vedas. Uh, use the, the, the mantras are there, and then the application for them in daily life, mostly intended for householders, householder brahmanas. Then uh, the brahmana section, when you when you retire and become forest dwellers, you leave your village and, and, and you go to the forest, Aranyaka section. Where you can, where you won't have the facility anymore to do all the rituals, so there's a simple way. And then the Upanishads, the final philosophical uh, portion of the Vedas. Uh, uh, like one of the Upanishads is called the Brihat Aranyaka Upanishad. So it's sort of you can see it associated with the Aranyakas and then the 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 Upanishads for those who are actually very, very renounced and simply engaged in the study of Vedanta. And the Vedanta is a systematic study of the texts of the Upanishads. That, that's what that is. I'm sorry, I forgot the Samhitas. Samhitas and Brahmanas. Upanishads, there's four. Aranyakas. Brahman, okay. Samhita Brahma, okay. and Upanishad, okay. So these are the the uh, 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 
Vedas means the original. These texts is body the original for Vedas. And then when it says tantrika, in the word for word here, according to practical explanatory literatures, and then uh, uh, mishra, which means a mixture of both. So the supplementary literature. So the text says, you should carefully worship me by selecting one of the three methods by which I receive sacrifice, Vedic, Tantric, or uh, 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 mixed. Uh, I think in the, in the BBT version, uh, 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 it says... Uh, uh, Bhagika refers to sacrifice performed with mantras from the four Vedas and auxiliary Vedic literature. Tantrika refers to such literature as the Pancharatra and the Gotamiya Tantra, and mixed indicates utilization of both literatures. It should be remembered that superficial imitation of elaborate Vedic sacrifices will not bring one the actual perfection of life. Uh, and then they conclude by recommending we chant the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Well, do the job. Vishnu uh, Chakravarta um, Thakur says, Vedic, wors- Vedic worship consists of using mantras such as Purusha Shukta from the Vedas and using procedures from the Vedas. Tantrika means procedures described in works such as the Gotamiya Tantra. Uh, mixed deity worship uses procedures or mantras such as the eight-syllable mantra described in both the Vedas and Tantras. Maka means deity worship. Uh, uh, among these three methods, one should worship me by one's preferred uh, uh, method. So Vaidika, for example, uh, the Purusha Sukta prayers, uh, for example. Uh, the Purusha Sukta prayers come from the Rig Veda, 1090, it's 16 verses. That's the Purusha Sukta prayers. Uh, Prabhupada writes in the Krishna book, he says, in the Vedic mantras, there's a particular type of prayer called Purusha Sukta. Generally, the demigods offer their obeisances unto Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, by chanting the Purusha Sukta. The Purusha Sukta is the standard prayer by which demigods recite to appease the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Shirodakshayi Vishnu. And especially it's mentioned, for example, in a Pancharaja Pradipa book, uh, under the, the, the first volume, Worship of Shalagram Shila, it says, when offering each of the main 16 upacharas to Shalagram Shila, upachara, uh, well, the way it's usually word, uh, used in the manual is items of worship, but upachara can also mean that particular offering this, offering that, it's upachara. When offering each of the main 16 upacharas to Shalagram Shila, you may chant a verse from the Purusha Sukta. 
The Purusha Sukta is a Vedic hymn which is chanted when worshipping Lord Vishnu, in which the Lord is described as the personification of the process of sacrifice. Ideally, the Purusha Sukta is chanted with Swara and Sama, or proper pitch and rhythm. This must be learned from an expert. In the simplified Shalagram Shila Puja, simply chant the first verse of Purusha Sukta. Uh, that's what's in this particular manual. Uh, now, when I was acquired involuntarily a Shalagram Shila, I was looking for one and somebody put one in my hand, uh, and I decided I should start worshipping since he came of his own accord. Uh, I went to a devotee who was worshipping Shalagram Shivas, and he said that he and other people who were doing it, uh, instead of using uh, uh, the Purusha Sukta prayers, because Swara and Sama, uh, you, you have to have the proper pitch and rhythm, he said he chants the Brahma Samhita prayers, the Govinda prayers from Brahma Samhita. So that's what I always did, and I think a lot of people uh, do that. Um, uh, because you, some, uh, in Mayapur, if you go to performances there, activities of worship there, they have a bunch of kids from the Gurukul who've all learned how to chant the Purusha Sutra prayers properly with the right uh, pitch and rhythm. Uh, so if you don't, uh, don't know how to do that, um, uh, they recommend here you can just learn the first verse of the Purusha Sutta prayers, or I think the Brahma Samhita well works. Actually, you can truly, the Hare Krishna Mahamantra works for all of them. <laughs> if, you're, if you're in a pitch uh, and don't know what to do. Now, they use this word Tantra. Uh, uh, here in, in the verse Tantrika, uh, and uh, 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 according to practical explanatory literature, the, the, um, the word Tantra uh, has a bad name now because it refers to usually to a certain kind of Shaivite who do all kinds of sexual practices and other things. In Bhagavatam 11.347, it's mentioned, uh, 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 it's translated this way, one who desires to quickly cut the knot of false ego, which binds the spirit soul, one should worship the Supreme Lord Keshava by, found, by the regulations found in Vedic literature such as the Tantras. Uh, uh, tantra Uktena, by means of uh, Ukta means spoken, spoken in the tantras. So, and, and there in the word for word, the tantra is described as the supplementary Vedic literatures that give detailed instructions for spiritual practice. And then tantra tena cha, and the cha refers to in addition to those regulations which are directly uh, vedoktam given in, or spoken in the Vedas. So these are the, the uh, 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 two, two words that are used here, Tantra, Uta, Veda, Uta, um, 
uh, and here in that uh, purport to that verse, uh, this verse describes the process for those who are vijnana or learned transcendentalists. Vijna, uh, I should say, vijna. Such learned transcendentalists are advised to follow the regulated worship described in such Vaishnava Tantras such as Srinarda Pancharatra. So when we refer to Tantras here, we're talking about the Vaishnava Tantras, not the Shaivite practices. If you read stories of the Shaivites, you know, squatting on corpses and chanting mantras and doing all kinds of stuff that's like, uh, yeah, anyway, but we don't mean that or engaging in sexual practices and so on. Such Vaishnava Tantras is Srinarda Pancharatra or pleasing the Supreme Lord directly. Uh, the worship Upacharat Devam Tantra Cha Keshavam indicates that one should directly worship Keshava, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, who appears in many different incarnations to please the Lord. And again, they say, uh, uh, so they're making the case so that these, these are Vaishnava worship, uh, and therefore the word tantrotena, or injunction of the tantras, should be understood to indicate Vaishnava tantras, such as Srinarda Pancharatra, which gives explicit, give explicit and detailed instructions for worshiping Keshava. Uh, uh, the Vedas are referred to by the term nigama, nigama kalpataro galitam phalam nigama. Uh, and the elaborate explanation of these nigamas are called agama or tantra. So the word agama, sometimes you see that, means the, 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 the same idea. Uh, and uh, so... Uh, uh, and, uh, and by the way, uh, the other thing I mean to mention, they mention this, Vishnu uh, uh, Chakravarti mentions the eight-syllable mantra. Uh, the eight-syllable mantra uh, is, uh, uh, well, of course, the, the Vedic mantra is, for example, the Gayatri mantra that we're given uh, when we receive second initiation. There's the Brahma Gayatri. Uh, Gayatri means uh, a verse of 24 syllables, technically 23 and a half. Uh, and so th those are the, that's a Vedic mantra, the, the Brahma Gayatri, uh, to the Lord and the Son. Uh, but the other mantras, so the, the, the eight-syllable mantra uh, the Ashtakshara is Om Namo Narayanaya. That's the eight-syllable mantra. Uh, and uh, Prabhupada writes in commenting on Adi 7.128, in the Narada Pancharatra, it is clearly said that the Supreme Personality of Godhead Narayan personally appears before the chanter who engages in chanting the Ashtakshara, or eight-syllable mantra, Om Namo Narayanaya. 
and then there's 12 Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, the 12 syllable Panchrika or Pancharachrika uh, mantra. So that's what they're re- referring to here. Uh, in the supplement talking about this text, they say Pancharachrika Vidhi. Uh, Vidhi means process or practice. Pancharachrika Vidhi is a combination of Vedic and Tantric methods of worship. So Pancharachrika itself conveys both. It employs those aspects of Vedic worship directly, explicitly, directed explicitly to Lord uh, Vishnu and those aspects of Tantra that are Sattvika. Because like the the, the Upanishads, or rather the the the, uh, the 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 Puranas, there's those in the mode of goodness, those in the mode of passion, those in the mode of ignorance. So the same thing with the tantras and sattvika. Uh, compared to tantric worship, Vedic worship generally uses fewer but longer mantras and simpler, more comprehensive procedures. Vedic mantras are taken directly from the four Samhitas, Rik, Sama, Yayur, and Atarva, or Vedas, Samhitas, the beginning part. While tantric mantras are taken from the Tantra Agamas, remember we mentioned that word, supplements to the Vedas, which various rishis derive from the Brahmana and Aranyaka sections of the Vedas. The Hari Bhakti Vilas, compared by Srila Gopal Bhatta Goswami and edited by Srila Sanatana Goswami, is the authoritative compendium of Pancharachika Vidhi for the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. So it goes back to the six Goswamis and to the Hari Bhakti Vilas. It contains, quotation, it, it contains quotations from over 200 Shastras, Vedic, Tantric and Pancharachika. The Goswamis prefer the purificatory process under Pancharachika formula, formulas to the Vedic rites. Prefer those to the Vedas, Vedic rites. The Pancharachika systems acts on the sugar class of men, supposedly the population of Kali Yuga, and it is the purificatory process suitable uh, 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 to this age and time. Uh, often the Pancharatrika literature as well as the Pancharatrika system of worship are referred to as Vaishnava uh, Tantra. Uh, and uh, they refer to the purport of Bhagavatam 1.12.13. Because you may w- remember how this is mentioned in the beginning of the question of a beneficial spiritual practice, uh, people who normally uh, don't do a lot of these rituals, women and shudras traditionally. Uh, so here, Prabhupada writes in the purport to Bhagavatam 1.12.13, there is a need for a good and intelligent class of brahmanas who are experts in performing the purificatory processes prescribed in the system of Varnashram Dharma. Unless such purificatory processes are performed, 
there's no possibility for good population. And in the age of Kali, the population all over the world is of shudra quality or lower for want of this purificatory process. When we come to the movement, that's us. We are, those of us in white bodies or whatever bodies born outside of India, we're all antaja. Actually, worse than shudras. It is not possible, however, to revive the Vedic process of purification in this age. Notice when he's using Vedic as the very narrow sense of the word. For want of proper facilities and good brahmanas. But there is the Pancharachika system also recommended for this age. So this is where this comes from, this text we're reading today. The Pancharachika system acts on the Shudra class of men Supposedly the population for, for uh, 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 Kali Yuga. Uh, and it is the prescribed purificatory process suitable to this age and time. Such a purificatory process is allowed only for spiritual upliftment and not for any other purpose. Spiritual upliftment is never conditioned by higher or lower parentage. That's where they take this from in this explanation in the supplement. So that's the idea of this uh, tantric or mixed. And basically, if we follow the Haribaki Vilas, or boil down from there, really, uh, it's uh, uh, a mixed method. So that was on that little message, which in this book here uh, doesn't have much of the purport, but we got a lot more <laughs> coming up from the explanation in there. Uh, so now let us go on to text number eight. Uh, text eight goes, Yada swa nigamein noktam now, please listen faithfully as I explain exactly how a person who has achieved twice-born status through the relevant Vedic prescriptions should worship me with devotion. Uh, so this word nigama is being used here, yada pa nigamena, by means of one's specific swa nigama, the part of the Vedic literature that is pertains to you, swa nigama. Uktam, uh, that's we already saw that word spoken here they say enjoined uh, for one who has dvija twam uh, dvija is twice born three is two ja born twice born Christians speak about how you've been born again yeah twice born also twice born are the birds by the way they're called dvija because a bird is born first, the egg comes out of the, the, the mother, 
and then the egg hatches. So the birth is two births. Uh, it's also it's called Dvija. Just so you won't get confused between a Brahman and a bird. Uh, uh, so they should worship me with devotion, he says. Uh, and it says here, uh, oh, first let me read the Vishma Chakravarti Thakur's uh, commentary on this on this verse here. Um, he, he says, please understand how Yada, having attained twice-born status according to the rules of the Vedas, according to its qualifications, Swadhigamena, a person should worship me. Uh, that's, that's, that's his comment on it. Uh, and here the BBT says the word uh, swanigamena refers to the particular Vedic injunctions relevant to one's social and occupational status. Members of the Brahmana, Kshatriya, and Vaishya communities all achieve Dvijatvam, twice-born status, by initiation into Gayatri Mantra. So you really are not doing for that initiation. Traditionally, fully qualified Brahmana boys may be initiated at the age of eight, Kshatriyas at 11, and Vaishyas at 12, provided the proper conditions are met. Having achieved twice-born status, one should faithfully worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead in his deity form as the Lord himself described. Now, Prabhupada uh, it gives second initiation, as it gives, did it and gave second initiation, um, whatever. But after one had first practiced uh, chanting uh, Japa, uh, chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, before first you're initiated into the Hare Krishna mantra, Maha mantra, which uh, destroy sinful reaction and should bring one uh, to the actually position of the mode of goodness so that one becomes qualified by that practice for receiving uh, this uh, uh, initiation into the Gayatri. Of course, the, the, the Gayatri much is that we have the Brahmana Gayatri, we have the Gora Gayatri, we have the Gopal Gayatri, and we have the Kama Gaya tree. There's a bunch of Gaya trees, plus uh, a few other little mantras that are, that are uh, uh, preparatory for that. So that's, that's the, the, those are all a bunch of Gaya trees, but the first one is the traditional Brahman Gaya tree. If you get Om Bhu Bhu Vasva, that leads up to it, and then there's the Tatsam to it, the Gaya tree itself begins. Because if you count those syllables I did one day, wait, that's more than 24 syllables. Because the Om Bhuvasvara is, is leads up to the top of the tune. You know. And just in case you should happen to count them in other <laughs> Some of us are excessive compulsive. Okay. Um, uh, what it says in uh, the Deity Worship book about this text, and there's an explanation that says the Hari Bhakti, the Bhakti Vilas details at, at length 
the, the with the deals at length with qualifications one needs to achieve twice-born status. A person must receive proper initiation from a bona fide spiritual master and be trained in sad achara, proper Vaishnava behavior. Achara means behavior, sad achara, proper Vaishnava behavior, before he may worship the deity. It is the spiritual master's responsibility to train the disciple in all aspects of Krishna consciousness so that he can worship the deity with the proper attitude. For his part, the disciple must sincerely inquire uh, from the spiritual master how to act properly and worship the deity in a way that pleases the Lord. This is very, very important because the deity is not stone or wood. He's Krishna himself, who can appear as stone or as wood. He can change matter into spirit, spirit matter, back forth to what. So he's actually present. But if one treats the deity as a material object, that's who I hope. The deity will be for you. So this, it's a matter of relationships. Uh, and so... When you do deity worship, you actually go through certain procedures that spiritualizes your body because matter can't touch spirit. So therefore, your own body has to be spiritualized. What the speaker did not just your gross body, but your subtle body, your mind, everything has to become spiritual. And when that's done properly, the deities are very, very powerful. Uh... Yeah, unfortunately, you can go to many uh, ethnic Indian temples, Hindu temples, and see the deity not being treated that way. I've seen somebody, I was in one, one, uh, one Bharatiya center somewhere, where I watched Vijari pick up Radharani, slap her down on her face. <laughs> you know, just like a, just dressing a, a, like a child dressing a doll or something, you know? Like just... Didn't didn't do it properly, um, and and so uh, uh, Prabhupada uh, really, uh, if people are attracted to Iskon temples, if you can if it's done properly, you can feel uh, the, the reciprocation. The more the Lord is worshipped properly, um, uh, and especially the the altar service done by trained people properly, treating him as the Lord, still reciprocate that way. just want to say that. Okay, we'll stop there, because we've run out of time already, and uh, we will pick up again next week uh, huh. with text number uh, nine. And... Uh, So, are there any questions or any comments? You can uh, text them in. Or oh, I guess speak them by voice, too.
Ramana Prabhu asks, in Srimad Bhagavatam 11.27.8, uh, the word used is nigamenoktam. What are the megamas in the Vedas? So uh, the word uh, nigama. Um, uh, let me look it up in the Sanskrit dictionary. Hold on one second. What Motor Williams says. Uh, oh, I see. That's why uh, I looked this word up before. The, the basic meaning of nigama is insertion especially, they put it this way, the name of a deity into a liturgical formula. Liturgical formula means a mantra. It's another way of saying it. And so so uh, then it becomes to mean the place or passage of the Vedas where a word occurs, uh, where the word is quoted, and then it just comes to mean uh, the Vedas or Vedic text, and then it also comes to mean any work auxiliary to and explanatory of the Vedas. So there's a narrow sense and a broad sense. Uh, we say to basking the Vedic literature or literature in pursuance of the Vedic version as one of the offenses against the holy name. To notice the Vedas or the literature in pursuance. So Nigama can have that narrow sense of just the, the four Vedas, or it can have the broader sense. But that's where the word comes from. Remember the Brahma Sita, Nigama Kalpataro, the desire tree of the Vedic literature, the Bhagavatam's ripened fruit of that Vedic tree, Nigama Kalpataro, a tree that gives you what you want. Nigama. Okay, here's a question um, from Adi Devi. She says, Hare Krishna, I have a question about deity worship. You had mentioned that Gornitai deities are very merciful, but if we have Radha Krishna deities handed down by family, how can we ensure that we worship them properly, properly though we are not Brahman initiated? Uh, be very careful <laughs> and uh, be very pure. Uh, try to get Brahma initiated as soon as possible. For having Radha Krishna deities at home, if you have them, there. Uh, I, th I think the new deity worship manual that's coming out will have some section on how to worship them at home. Uh, but but generally, for worshiping Radha and Krishna. We, we do uh, have people who have been initiated with, uh, with Gayatri uh, uh, mantras. What to do in your particular case, uh, I, I don't know. But uh, I, would, uh, I would just try to uh, follow the principles of Krishna consciousness as much as possible. Uh, and, um, yeah. Uh, just do that. 
uh, if, you, if, you, if they're there and they've been handed down in the family and you've just uh, sort of inherited them, well, uh, do the best you can until you find out better. And this is a comment. Uh, Bhakti and Paula says that she had the same question about Jagannath Murtis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, general, generally, my, my general advice to people is uh, if you have a choice, if you haven't got deities yet that you're dealing with, I, I would stick with Gorni Thai, uh, really. Uh, sometimes deities come of your, their own accord. That's another thing. But uh, if you don't have second initiation, I would stick with 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 uh, with, with, with Thai. Uh, and would you have to remember that when you worship Lord Chaitanya, you're worshiping Radha Krishna, but in a very accessible form. He is the combined form of Radha and Krishna. It says in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that originally uh, Radha and Krishna is one. And then they became two for enjoyment. And then in Lord Chaitanya they become one again. And the, the, the second unified form is different from the first unified form. Uh, Ratan Chakrabarti asks, how to develop more faith on deity as a manifestation of Lord with his causeless mercy avoiding to think that deity is not matter? Mm-hmm. Um, we follow a pragmatic principle. Uh, bow down to the deity. Even if you don't feel... That, just do it. If you start treating the deity like spirit, like God, is here taking this form, then you'll manifest. The deity will manifest uh, in that way, be manifest to you. So first you practice. If, if you bowing down makes you humble. If you're humble, you bow down. But the reverse works too. If you start bowing down, you'll start feeling humble. Uh, so, in a way, when we follow the principles of Krishna consciousness, it, the, the regular principles of Krishna consciousness, are, it is as if somebody found a very advanced devotee and wrote down everything they just did, and then turned them into rules and regulations. So, if you're following on the Vaidhi platform on rules and regulations, you're acting like someone that's very advanced, but just acting that way. You're not a hypocrite. I can say I'm very fallen, but this is what I'm doing. I'm practicing. It's not hypocrisy to do that. But this will then invoke the feelings. And you're showing Krishna you're interested. Because the idea of Krishna consciousness is not to follow these principles exactly mechanically, although sometimes it may be like that. You don't feel like it, you do it. But it's to show Krishna that we are interested in a relationship. We're testifying, yes, I want you to appear in this way. I want to be able to see you in a holy name. I'm going to show you my interest. We chant 16 rounds a day to show Krishna that we're interested. I chant a couple of rounds and throw my beads aside. 
then I'm not really showing I'm not interested. So I just have to prove I'm interested. Krishna responds, remember the Lord is in your heart. You're carrying a deity around with you, whether you like it or not. Uh, and uh, we, have, we are making this case of showing that we're interested in a relationship, and we show that we're interested, uh, you respond, and as we show more and more, the Lord also responds more and more. Okay, question by phone. Go ahead, Um, I remember that I don't have it in front of me, but in the seventh canto, part three, okay, somewhere around verse 40 or whatever, um, in the verse, and Prabhupada authorizes that people can worship the deity, whatever form they're particularly attracted to. But if I remember correctly, there, there's a distinction between uh, the deity being installed and what Prabhupada refers to as the deity in the box. So I thought the deity in the yeah yeah he referred so, to the deity, but I thought the deity in the box was Gorni Tai, but maybe no, I, no, I, 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 I um. I said I don't have the book right in front of me. I uh, okay. could find it, but it's in the seventh canto, part three, somewhere. Mm-hmm. It, it, um, it Prabhupada does say that you can worship whatever form of the Lord you're attracted to. Oh, Name them all. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, and it may not be in the same verse or the same purport, but. Um, there is a distinction between, um, yeah, installed deity. Temple worship and, and worship at home, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if he, I mean, if you live far away, he, you would have, you could have installed deities at home, but that has a different standard. Um, yeah, sure. I than, know that. Uh-huh. You know, so people have all kinds of deities, and and um, in the box, he actually uses that uh, term, I think. It, it isn't only. I don't think it shows up in the seventh time. canto. <laughs> Good. I think I think it's seventh canto part three. Anyway, I'll I'll look it up, but not in time for class, okay. obviously. Okay. Hi, Krishna. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Ramana Prabhu has another question, but it's just now coming. Okay, um, Ramananda Prabhu asks, is the traditional Dwija initiation uh, decided at age 8, 11, or 12, respectively, is that the same as Diksha? seems quite young to make that kind of commitment. I'm sorry, say it again. I'm sorry, let me see. Is the traditional Dwija initiation decided at the ages of 8, 11, or 12, respectively, is that the, the same as Diksha? That seems quite young to make that kind of commitment. Yes, that's, uh, that's the tradition, because you were immersed in that culture, and it was just naturally understood you would do it and you would follow. Yeah. 
But it's the same as diksha. Yeah, it's diksha. Yeah, it's definitely diksha. Huh? I found the deity in the box. But it, this is the, the one the, I, I just typed in box into Srimad Bhagavatam, you know, the look and so uh, it says here, uh, this is uh, 3.19.24. By his inconceivable potency, the Lord can become the universal form as explained in Bhagavad Gita, and at the same time he can remain within the box of his devotees as their worshipable deity. There are many devotees who keep a statue of the Lord in a small box and carry it with them everywhere. Every morning they worship the Lord in the box. The Supreme Lord Keshava or the personality of Godhead Krishna is not bound by any measure of our calculation. So anyway, that's where the word box deity in a box comes from. And that's the only mention of box in the word box in a Bhagavatam. There may be something else in the seventh canto, but this is, this is where that word comes from. Anything else? Yeah, hold on. Um... Adi Devi also asked, someone had asked me why should we focus on Pancharachika Vidhi, though chanting is a process for this age. Uh, yes, Prabhupada has given us both, because Lord Chaitanya also worshipped deities. Uh, if you don't have deities, uh, the holy name is a deity. And of course we see that they're very advanced devotees that simply chanted the holy name. Uh, after all, uh, Haridas Thakur never could go into a temple because he was a Muslim. Uh, and uh, so it's not necessary, but it's certainly very, very helpful. And Prabhupada was quite delighted. I think he was a little apprehensive that Deity worship would be a little too much for the Western audience who, uh, from their Judeo-Christian background, get a lot of stuff about idol worship. But people loved it uh, and, and uh, really like it. And uh, so he was very happy to see that uh, this process of deity worship was well-received. So it certainly helps. Uh, and uh, I think one should take all the help one can uh, get. But if it's not there or not possible or not the right circumstances or you don't have a deity in the box when you travel around, then you can uh, just uh, worship the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Okay, Ratan Chakravarti asks... Um he has a quote from the purport on Bhagavad Gita 1865. And then in the purport, Prabhupada writes, one should fix his mind on this original form of Godhead Krishna. One should not even... Oops. Scroll back here. One should not even divert his attention to other forms of the Lord. The Lord has multi-forms as Vishnu, Narayana, Rama, Varaha, etc., 
the devotee should concentrate his mind on the form that was present before Arjuna. Then he asks, I have, I have at home Jagannath Baladev Sugadra deities uh, that they're worshipping. If we follow the instruction of Srila Prabhupada, then is it okay to worship Jagannath instead of Radha Krishna? Uh, yes, you can, uh, you can do that because actually uh, Lord Chaitanya did it. But when he saw Jagannath, he saw him in a very particular way. Uh, uh, he didn't see them any different from Krishna with two hands, Vrindavan Krishna. He saw him uh, 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 in ecstasy, that having that form in ecstasy because he was uh, thinking uh, uh, of uh, himself with Radharani uh, in Vrindavan in feelings of ecstasy. So for, at least for the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, this worship of Jagannath is, is very, uh, a very special idea. Uh, there's a story that maybe you've heard that, that, um, that um, in Dwarka, uh, I think Subhadra, uh, was relating to, to Rukmini and the other queens, uh, some of Krishna's Leela uh, in, in Vrindavan, and describing all of what was going on uh, uh, Krishna's Vrindavan pastimes. And then Krishna himself happened to come by outside the room and hear it and started listening to it uh, it wasn't Subhadra telling, it was, uh, I forgot. Rohini was speaking, excuse me. Uh, and then uh, went into ecstasy. When he gets into ecstasy, his limbs drew within his body, his eyes got very, very big. Uh, we see these kind of transformations described with Lord Chaitanya, by the way, these sort of extreme body changes from ecstasy. And then uh, uh, Subhadra came by and Balaram came by and they all were listening. Narada Muni saw them like that and said this form of the Lord should be memorialized somehow and this was the origin of Jagannath. So for us, anyway, uh, and, and the Rathiyatra ceremony is the, uh, as Lord Chaitanya experienced, is the emotional process of bringing Krishna back to Vrindavan. Uh, so that deity in particular uh, uh, is uh, um, the, the one that, that, that we, we fix on. Uh, so this is his commentary on Manmana Bhagavad Bhakti uh, and uh, Prabhupada, yeah, is in this, uh, uh, describing this most confidential part of knowledge. Of course, Lord Chaitanya did have followers that were worshippers of other forms. 
devoted to other than, than Krishna. That's a fact. There's a, it's not quite like that. There are, you know, uh, worshipping uh, devotees of Ramchandra or devotees of Nasringa Dev. He did not, uh, he did not uh, stop that because that's where their hearts were. But if you, uh, for those of us in, in, in ISKCON, that's our, 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 our main deity. And so he's, he's uh, uh, presenting that here in the mood of this, uh, this verse. Manmana bhavamad bhakto madhyayi mamnamaskaru. This is what he's uh, uh, saying. And that verse, Manmana Bhavamad Bhakto Madhyayi Mamnamatsuru, that appears twice in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, two times, those, uh, those words. So Prabhupada is emphasizing this. Uh, but uh, Jagannath is not a problem at all in any way. Okay. Okay, that's that's it for today. We're having technical problems, but I hope you can all hear. So uh, we will pick up again uh, next time with uh, text number nine. Thank you very much, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Shima Bhagavatam Ki.